I've been listening to an extremely interesting podcast over the last few months called New Polity. New Polity is an academic endeavor. It's, it's run by professors out of Steubenville, and they've also published an academic journal. So this is, this is definitely high in the academy, what they're doing. But one of the professors on this podcast had his origins in Bellingham. His family goes to church here, and so they kind of connected me with, with his thought and, and reading it. It's, it's interesting. The goal of this is to ask questions about the structure of society. Because right now, democratic society, here in Europe, whatever else, it's under tension. We're feeling this incredible tension, and it's causing people in the academy to ask, is there something structurally wrong with our society? And a lot of people are asking that question. I mean, for goodness sake, that's what Karl uh, Marx was asking when he came up with communism. Like, is there something wrong with, with society? Capitalism feels under strain, like it, it led to communism. But these guys at New Polity, they are asking it from the Catholic perspective. They're asking, is there something about our society that is not in accord with the principles of the faith? Because if we were to live according to the principles of the faith, if we really believe in Jesus Christ, and we really believe in the message of the faith, then we should expect that society would function well. Because we would live according to the law of God, we would live according to true justice, what could possibly go wrong with that? And so what they are doing is they're critiquing what they call liberalism. Now that is not the way we use liberal and conservative in American politics. Liberalism is a reference to John Stuart Mill, who wrote a book called Odd Liberty. But it's a reference to the very foundations of democratic society. The foundations that were present in the Enlightenment that led to the U.S. Constitution and, and onward. And they're asking, is there something that's foundationally wrong with liberalism? One of the answers that they've come to that absolutely blew my mind, because I can't stop thinking about it, is they said one of the foundations of liberalism is that every relationship is voluntary. So if you learn about John Locke in school, if you know who John Locke is, John Locke had this idea of social contract. He was trying to decide how does society come about. And he had this idea that everybody was in the wilderness all by themselves, and they voluntarily decided to enter into relationships with each other in order to form society. That the foundation of humanity is that we start as individuals, and that our society is based on the voluntary entrance of individuals into a society. This is a core foundation of liberalism, and it, it defines a lot of the ways we approach societal questions today. If we think about this focus that we have in the United States and in other liberal democracies on individual rights, that focus on individual rights comes from John Locke. I possess all of my rights from the point of my origin. I start with all of my rights, and I enter into a society in order to gain protection, or in order to increase my efficiency, you want to put the capitalist bent on it, I take all of those rights with me, and so society must protect these rights. I, as an individual, possess these rights, and then I bring them into society, but I don't forego the rights. The foundational idea of our society. 
But the guys at New Polity say, though, is they say, this is not, not only is it not reality, it's also not Catholic. What they say is that if you look at humanity, if you look at society, the first thing that we are, the first thing that we are, and the Catholic Church would certainly uphold this in its metaphysics and its approach to human anthropology, the first thing that we are is dependent. We are born into a family. We are not born as individuals, we were born into a family. And so this argument particularly came up in inequality uh, when they were talking about abortion. They said, one of the reasons abortion will always exist in society, we can try to outlaw it if we want to, but it's always going to exist in society, is because it is necessary to break the idea of dependence. In order to destroy the idea that we are brought into this world as a member of a family, dependent on other people, we have to have the ability to destroy that family from the beginning. We have to have the ability to kill children in the womb. If we can't do that, we can't be a liberal society. Because if we can't do that, then we are shown the lie that we are not autonomous individuals to begin with. When the Catholic Church has a feast of the Holy Family, when the Catholic Church has this idea of celebrating the Holy Family, we are talking about Jesus himself was born into a family. He was born into dependence. He depended as an infant on the body of his mother Mary. He depended on her to receive his humanity. He depended on her body for shelter and for food and for warmth. Once he was born, he depended on Mary and his foster father Joseph for safety. Joseph had to bring him into Egypt. This is God. This is the uncreated creator of all things, the foundation of all existence. God himself had to depend on Mary and Joseph to protect him from an evil king, to bring him as a refugee into Egypt. God himself was dependent because he was born into a family. A family is the foundation of society. Unlike the foundations of liberalism, the individual is not the foundation, it's the family. It's the family unit. We are born into a society that already exists, that we don't choose. That society is the family. The strength of the family is the strength of the society. Insofar as we recognize and respect the relationships that are inherently dependent in family, those relationships then do, in a Lockean sense, build up in a semi-voluntary way into a society. But we don't begin as individuals, we begin as the society that is the family. I reflect a lot on the, the fourth commandment, honor thy father and mother. Partly because I come from a divorced family, and so how I honor my father and how I honor my mother has been different for most of my life. And it's always been a struggle to make sure I am somehow honoring my father, despite the fact that we live in different states and we don't have a day-to-day -day relationship. So I've been reflecting on it a lot since high school, but also as a priest, I hear confessions. And I hear a lot of confessions that involve family, that involve struggles with the fourth commandment, both with our parents, with our siblings, with our children, with our spouses, right? A lot of struggles with it. 
Why would God give us that commandment? And not just give it to us, but the first commandment having to do with neighbor. We have three that have to do with God. Love God first, honor His name, respect the Sabbath day. Those three have to do with God. But then the first, and a lot of times one might say, given the order of the commandments, the most important commandment having to do with neighbor is the commandment on family, honoring father and mother. Why is that? It's because the relationships inherent with family, this idea that we are born into a society that we don't choose, that is the foundation of a healthy society. If God were to allow his people to disregard father and mother out of choice, to say my relationship with my father and mother is optional, it is something that I choose, I can say yes or no to this, I can walk away from it, that would destroy the idea of family. And the second we destroy the idea of family, we destroy society. We can't do it. It is a commandment of God that we have to respect our fathers and our mothers. It's a commandment of God that is the foundation of a healthy society. And because I hear confessions, I also know that not every family is healthy. I've worked with people on an ongoing basis whose parents are not healthy people who have severe emotional issues that cause them to manipulate and to emotionally abuse and sometimes physically abuse their family. The commandment, the fourth commandment, which we can never set aside, applies to these people, but it applies in a different way. We have to honor Father and Mother. We cannot set that aside. Just like we have to honor the Sabbath day. We can't set that aside. Even if we can't come to Mass because it's snowing or can't come to Mass because of COVID, right? We have to somehow honor the Sabbath day. Same thing with our fathers and our mothers. If we can't honor them as we normally would with a daily relationship or a weekly relationship, with a relationship where we're conversant with them or we're taking care of them or we're in constant contact with them. We can't do that. Just like if we can't go to Mass on Sunday for reasons outside of our control. We can't honor our parents because the relationship dynamics destroy us emotionally or physically. We still have to honor them some. That relationship has to be honored. Otherwise, we say every relationship is optional and society collapses. How do we do that? We pray. We always pray. Even for those that we can't talk to, even with those that we struggle with, Prayer is the minimum standard of connection with our family. We have to pray for them. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is asking God for the good of the person in front of you. Asking God possibly for their conversion. If there's a toxic relationship, asking God for their healing. Asking God for all of these good things for them. We have to take care of our families. And we take care of them first and foremost giving them to the Lord in prayer. And then if we're blessed to come from a family that's not toxic or not broken, that allows us to have a relationship, well, then that respecting can go to even higher level. The hard part of this is the gray area. Some relationships, obviously toxic. Obviously just cannot be entered into because it, it's emotional manipulation or physical abuse. Some relationships, obviously blessed. Obviously beautiful. And then there's the middle ground. There's the Thanksgiving or Christmas dinners where there are some tense topics that we might talk about, or there are some topics that we avoid because we know that they would be difficult.
there are people that were like, yeah, I need to see that person a couple times a year, but I'm going to limit it to, you know, a couple hours or a couple days. Those are hard. And that's where the rubber really hits the road on the fourth commandment. Because these relationships are not optional. They're not voluntary. If we say that every relationship we have is optional and voluntary, we don't understand human society and human anthropology or how God created us. When we're dealing with those relationships, when we're asking how to work with people that we love, even if we don't always like them, we give them to the Lord, we pray for them, and then we see what the Lord puts in our heart. He may put patience, He may put healing for ourselves, so that whatever button that person pushes, when they push it, it doesn't hurt as much. He may put a solution. He may say, you know, in prayer, like, hey, talk about this thing, and maybe there'll be healing. Maybe there'll be common ground. The foundation of our lives, the foundation of our existence, just like the foundation of our Lord, is being born into a family. How we treat that family, how we live into that family, is going to define how we enter into every single other relationship we 